Clinical Nutrition and Clinical Practice podcast. I'm Dr. Jeanette Hassey, the Editor-in-Chief of Nutrition and Clinical Practice. The theme for the October 2021 issue of NCP is malnutrition. So joining me today is Dr. Peggy Gunter, the first author of the paper, Malnutrition Diagnoses and Associated Outcomes in Hospitalized Patients, United States 2018. This paper is published in the October 2021 issue of NCP. So Dr. Gunter is a nutrition support clinical nurse specialist and recently retired as the Senior Director of Clinical Practice Quality and Advocacy for the American Society of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition. Dr. Gunter was also recently honored with the Aspen Lifetime Achievement Award and interestingly is also a former Editor-in-Chief of NCP. So thank you, Dr. Gunter, for joining me today. Thank you, Dr. Hatsi, for having me on this podcast. Before we start our discussion, uh, Peggy, uh, do you have any disclosures on this topic that you'd like to share? Um, no, I have nothing to disclose. So let's just jump in and talk about this paper. I mean, this is really quite an ambitious project. And per the paper, you had three main objectives. Number one was to update the prevalent nutrition in hospitalized patients in the United States. Number two was to determine characteristics of patients with malnutrition. And then number three, examine the cost and risk of readmission in those patients. So can you give our listeners some background about this project, maybe what were the drivers behind it, and why there was a need to update that data since the last version in 2014? Thank you. So we know that the prevalence of malnutrition in hospitalized patients in selected studies have ranged from 30 to 50%, depending on the population study, the tools used to assess those patients, and the acuity in those particular institutions. An overall U.S. picture had not been studied until we started looking at this HCUP data for 2010. So in our 2014 publication, we studied the 2010 data, and then later we partnered with AHRQ and helped them with reports of the 2013 data and the 2016 data. Since the latest data that was published was from 2016, we felt strongly that we wanted to update it and we wanted to see if our malnutrition awareness efforts were making any difference. So another thing, uh, Dr. Gunter, when we are looking at the paper, can you tell us a little bit more about the database and maybe even start by defining HCUP and um, HRQ, but then tell us a little bit about that database and why you chose that database to gather this information. Sure. So the database we chose is from the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, which is AHRQ. They're a federal agency of the Department of Health and Human Services. They have a whole family of databases called HCOP, which stands for Healthcare Cost and Utilization Project. From that family of databases, we chose the National Inpatient Sample, which is inpatients in the United States and hospitals, and then we also looked at the nationwide readmissions database, the NRD, which is the database of readmissions. The beauty of these databases is that they include all hospitalized patients, all ages, all payers. And this is unlike, for instance, the Medicare claims database, which only includes Medicare patients. The limitations of this data, however, are that it's lag data, that is the most recent is 2018, that it's cross-sectional claims data, and then it's really associative and not cause and effect. 
That was very helpful. Thank you for explaining that. I didn't realize there's so many data points or databases within that group that you can choose from. One of the things that you found was that the rate of coated malnutrition has increased over the last three decades. And what do you attribute that to? I think it is important to understand that the data is claims or coded diagnosis-based data. This prevalence is from malnutrition that was diagnosed and then made it to the physician discharge sheet and was coded for. I think one of the reasons that the rate is rising is not that malnutrition prevalence itself is rising, but the awareness and coding of this diagnosis is rising, perhaps because of our malnutrition awareness efforts and the understanding that malnutrition is associated with poor patient outcomes and higher healthcare costs. I think that's probably very true, Dr. Gunter. I mean, I see that within our own facility, that there's much more awareness and need to treat malnutrition in our patients. Other than the increase in that malnutrition coding, did you have any other findings that you thought were surprising or should be noted? So I think the biggest findings, again, are that these associations of malnutrition are linked with poor outcomes, which continues to be confirmed over time. Also confirmed over time is the association of diagnosed malnutrition with older adults. What surprised us was the post-discharge status of these patients with malnutrition. There are so many more that need home care services, long-term care placement, and more than three times as many died in the hospital as those without coded malnutrition. Also, while 8.9% of the patients had a coded diagnosis of malnutrition, they accounted for 13.2% of the aggregate hospital costs. So Dr. Gunter, do you have any specific take-home message for our listeners about what can they take from these findings and apply in their own facilities? So I think the take-home message is that malnutrition is common in hospitalized patients, that they really need to be assessed, diagnosed, and coded appropriately, and that this diagnosis is really associated with poor outcomes. I think following the continuum of assessment, diagnosis, and coping really is to the advantage of the hospital. I think we feel like the nutrition community is probably aware of malnutrition and probably has been trying to implement changes to improve that. But what other groups really need to see these data and how do we get that in front of them? So I think we need to share this data with our legislators, with Medicare itself, back to AHRQ and some of the malnutrition projects that are going on, in particular advocacy groups such as Defeat Malnutrition Today, with whom Aspen partners in order to emphasize the need for continued support of patients in the hospital as well as post-discharge. So it kind of sounds like we still have work cut out for us and the awareness and implementation of therapies to help our patients. But really, where where should we go from here? I think when this paper is published in NCP in October, we at Aspen really want to share these findings through an awareness campaign to get the data out to all of those folks we mentioned above, as well as our over 100 Malnutrition Awareness Week ambassadors who represent professional healthcare organizations service providers, and other advocacy groups. Finally, before we close, do you have any other comments that you want to share with our listeners today? Certainly. While Aspen funded this research, 
additional analyses probably should be done, perhaps to demonstrate the associations between malnutrition and poor outcomes while controlling things like age and medical conditions. These are really helpful suggestions that came from the NCP reviewers. We would hope that these findings would also convince hospitals to allocate funds for additional nutrition clinicians to help assess, diagnose, prevent, and treat malnutrition in their patients. Well, Dr. Gunter, I really want to thank you for sharing your expertise with our listeners and really talking about what I think is kind of the sentinel paper that we need to be aware of. I invite all of our listeners to find out more about malnutrition in the October 2021 issue of Nutrition and Clinical Practice and also look for activities surrounding Malnutrition Awareness Week, which is going to be October 4th through 8th this year. So thank you, Dr. Gunter. Thank you so much.